This is episode number 132 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I had the chance to talk to Elias Dummer from the City Harmonic about um, just really their benediction project and how they're wrapping things up and they're pouring into local church ministry, and I think you're going to be really blessed by it. I certainly was. So here we go with episode number 132 of the Church Collective Podcast. We've sort of, uh, we'd set a date about six months ago uh, to say that we were going to be done as a band after the 29th of April was our plan. Um, And so we, uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, all pretty healthy. It's kind of a boring breakup story, except for the fact that we decided to do it in a big way, just out of being faithful to what God was calling us to do, which is kind of invest in our local churches and our local communities and and, uh, to change the way that we did it. And so we had, uh, for many years, wanted to do a live record, and so decided that the last thing we were going to do was record this benediction live, a live worship album, um, a lot of our most well-loved songs that people talk to us about all the time, songs that we know that we had written with the church in mind, and uh, we also added a new song to that. So it's been kind of a crazy season of now being on the other side of our touring career and talking about it right now has been really neat because sure. it's it's uh, it's kind of cool to talk through and tell stories and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, obviously, in our heads, uh, we called it benediction because benediction doesn't mean goodbye. It's like a sending. You know? It's a blessing at the end of a service to send people on to do ministry in their neighborhoods. And sure. so in a lot of ways, that's kind of what we've gone on to do now and what we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, maybe if you could speak to, like you said, six months ago, you guys decided to really focus in on, on local ministry. Could you maybe speak to what does a change of seasons feel like? What what did that feel like for you guys going into it? How did you know that's what God was doing? Yeah, well, we're kind of at the beginning of it, so I don't sure. really know. Right. <laughs> um, I, I I will say that uh, it, you know we sort of had the same conversation several different ways. You know, there was. Wanting to st- wanting to spend more time with our families, there was wanting to be more invested in our local congregations. Mm. There was just wanting to tour differently, and the economics of a band are pretty different from the economics of a singer songwriter. Sure, in terms of how wh- how much you have to tour, how much you have to charge, or how much you have to 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 make ends meet doing that in the way that we were doing it, and so it's just sort of like the, as we all prayed about it. It was very much like, you know what, rather than, there's a lot of practical ways bands can do this. It's like, hey, let's let's go on hiatus while we all just do our own thing for a while, just in case something commercially takes off in the meantime, and that kind of stuff. And you know what, a lot of bands do that. There's the member change thing. There's all, and we, for us, it just was, it's not us. Yeah. You know, we, 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 I, I couldn't settle for being that pragmatic about it. Sure. You know, we were a band that had been commissioned by a church movement. And we were faithful to that. And so we wanted to end with the same sort of intentionality that, that birthed us in the first place. Yeah. And, and so that was really it, was feeling called to, Eric's gone and planted a church, I'm involved in a church plant, Aaron and Josh are both in leadership roles at their churches again. And it was sort of like, hey, let's end this on purpose, hmm. rather than wait and see what business does. For us, this is ministry first, not the music business. Sure. You know, It's part of it, but... But at the end of the day, it has to come down to that to that ministry side of things. Right. Yeah, I got it. Um, you, you talk about everybody being plugged into the local church. Could you um, maybe speak to like what what did that look like while you guys were touring? I, I know there's a number of our people that will be listening and that are kind of in that 
um, tension. And obviously like you guys chose to, to move into this season, but do you have any advice for people that maybe be in the middle of touring and also trying to serve at the local church? Do you have any like practical advice for how to really manage that well? Oh yeah. And for, you know, the better part of a year, I was doing that with our church plant as yeah, well. Right. Um, in the case of the church, like my role at the church is very part-time. Sure. Um, it is something that I'm really passionate about. The focus there is on like worship leader development mm. and kind of really leading that area. Well, I'm not, I'm not necessarily like, Hey, you're here to lead worship every Sunday. Right. That's not really my role. And I wouldn't have signed up for that role because as a touring musician who travels and, and doing all the things I do, it wouldn't have made sense. I, sure. I don't really, I, I'm a lot more passionate about training worship leaders and writing and helping the church kind of develop a culture of worship. Yeah. Than, than I am like being the guy who's paid to be the worship leader. That's I don't great. really care. That's, that doesn't motivate me at all. Sure. And so, uh, I mean, it does, but not not in the local church context. Right. I'm much more much more excited to be multiplying. Sure. And so, so that's kind of been the role. And so that that role doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be there every Sunday. Hmm. And so, if your job, I, I don't know if my job was to be the worship leader on a Sunday morning. I don't know how easy it would be to be, to balance the two. Sure. But I've ne- but I've never tried. Right. That, so, so, yeah. I, I was, so, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that's probably a healthy, um, healthy reminder, or, or maybe even a warning for somebody who's trying to pursue both. That ultimately it'd be really, really difficult to try to be all things to all people and just physically make the time happen to, to get that all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, and I didn't really when I was. And this is a personality thing. This says more about me than it does about anybody else, probably. But. Uh, when I was full time at a church as the worship director or worship pastor, sure. when that was my job day in day out, I I found I was and and the same thing is true in periods of, of the music business too. I just found I would often make decisions out of like, like political fear or fear yeah. of what would happen if I and it just it just became about providing for my family hmm. in a way that wasn't actually healthy. Sure. And so so for me, like I really. Um, I don't like being in a position where I'm not able to lead well because I'm afraid. Yeah. And so, so for me, and that's music, that's church, whatever it is. So for me, like the role at my church now, I mean, I own a marketing agency. That's what I, that's, you know, what pays a lot of my bills and that and touring and royalties. So I've, I've just, I've just got my point, my life to a different point than it was 15 years ago when I was full-time at a church. Yeah. And in part, it, it's because I, I don't want to be, for me, and this, again, this is more about probably my character foibles than anything, <laughs> but like, I just, it, it, the head game, it became a head game instead of just doing the right thing and leading well. Sure. When, you, when it was a week after week paycheck and that was what fed my family. Right. Do you have, um, I mean, and that sounds like a really healthy place to be. Like you have any, um, advice for somebody who maybe feels like struggling with the, well, I've got to make sure that I'm doing everything that, you know, my, my pastor's asking for, um, any advice for how to get to a place where not that you don't care what the feedback is, but to a place where you're confident in who you are and what you're bringing to the table. I really don't know. I mean, when I was, when I was 25, you know, I got fired from a church. Hmm. So like and it was in part due to leadership changes at the church. Sure. Like it was, it, I wasn't. You know, if things had stayed as they were, that will probably wouldn't have happened. So it wasn't like there was some major personality conflict with leadership. Right. It was a sea change of leadership at the church that then what I was pursuing didn't work anymore. You see, what I'm saying. Sure. Um. But nevertheless, like at that time, I had no idea. At this point, 
I think it's just, you know, I, before the City Harmonic took off, I started this marketing agency and, and one thing led to another. In a lot of ways, uh, actually funny enough, I, the first EP we recorded as a band was bartered studio time. So I did the branding and marketing work for the studio in Oakville and, and that allowed us to record introducing the city harmonics. So it was just one of these things where, you know, it was just saying yes to the opportunities that were in front of me. Sure. Um, but, but at the same time, just trying to figure out how the heck are we going to scrape this together? <laughs> right. Um, so, so I don't really have an answer. I've, I've just sort of, the advice I would have would be to, Try your best and do what you need to do, even if it means slewing coffee. I don't sure. know. I mean, but to, to make ends meet so that you can, if you're a leader somewhere, that you can lead well. Hmm. Um, and, and I think, like, the philosophy I've been taught in discipleship, especially in pastoral ministry, um, and one that I will probably live by till the day that I die, is to, you can't go wrong in church ministry by endlessly working yourself out of a job. Sure. It's insofar as you're trying to protect your job, you aren't leading. Right. Not not if we're talking about discipleship. Yeah. So so in that vein, um, with the people that you're working with, you say you love like training up other worship leaders. Do you feel like there may be you know one or two issues or um, discipleship points that you feel like come up often? Like like do you have any you know advice on that end? Uh, you know it's 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 an interesting one. I mean, we're pretty early. The church has been going for just over a year in terms of weekly services. We're about a year and a half now. Um, It's interesting. It's different person by person in terms of what the, what the thing is. I I think for worship leading, what is often the case is a lot of worship leaders have had a lot of conversations about sort of what's performancey, what's worshiping, what's, what does sincerity even look like? Yeah. And so they really struggle to end to end up seeming authentic on stage because they're so concerned about being authentic. Right. And and I think that's true for a lot of folks. And so they kind of end up stuck in a spot. They don't want to move around. They don't want to look someone in the eye. They don't want to do all these things that are normal human activities. Hmm. But but because they're on the context of a stage, they get all kind of freaked out about it. You sure. know. Yeah. And somebody called them a rock star once, and they get stressed out about it. Or 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 you know you get a. a yeah, a guitar player who's kind of stuck to his pedals because he's afraid if he moves anywhere that, that you know, somebody's going to suddenly think he thinks he's a rock god. Right. You know? But at the end of the day, it makes all of this playing music and performing music as part of worship, it makes it less and less human, especially because most people don't actually know what the difference between a guitar and a bass. Sure. So, if you know, your guitar player is playing some lead and 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 nobody knows who's doing what they're just staring off mindlessly if you don't draw attention to the right things at the right time right and 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 more importantly you can't actually take attention off of yourself if everybody in the room is a little distracted Hmm. yeah and which if they don't know what's happening they're always a little distracted sure so it's that sort of like transition buffer thing and and we do at our church we do it a little differently in that like we we meld um, modern worship with liturgy. Mm. And so we're, we're a Methodist church. And, and so we've sort of married those two things. I think, well, um, our liturgies often feel sort of like altar calls in a way, but, mm. but that's kind of a, a part of what we do. And so we have a unique way of doing it. And with, with our leaders anyway, working through that and yeah. teaching them to be comfortable to play under things and getting everybody to be comfortable to walk out on stage when things are happening, you know, instead of waiting and, and sure. different things like that. But right. there's a lot of, practical things um 
on a personal level, I think it's getting people really into a place where they're leading from spiritual depth. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's just good. something that, that just takes years. I mean, sure. that's, that's not, that's not something you fix. Yeah. How, um, how do you feel uh, like with your uh, worship leaders? I'm thinking even just the ones that I, I tend to, to mentor or work with. Um, it feels like it's often, uh, almost cliche to say, Hey, you should be reading your Bible a fair amount. And, yeah, um, yeah. Any any encouragement for that? Like, like how do how do you help like a younger worship leader, or maybe there's a, a worship pastor listening to this who's like, man, I I don't think my team even reads their Bible. Um, right, right. Got any well, encouragement for that? Totally. Well, we have a benefit of in like in the Methodist Church, you know, especially the Wesleys, we have this kind of rich rooting in the Anglican tradition, right? True. And I and and so for us, like I, as far as I know, the majority of my worship leaders have and use a copy of the common book of prayer on a regular basis. And so I think for most people, it's having a place to start and not feeling the pressure to have to make it up as they go along. Hmm. Because I think with worship leading, there is this sense in which we want to follow the leadership and the guidance of the spirit of the moment. And so, and so sometimes that's been misconstrued as like asking God's presence to be present. Right. Right. (laughs) But in reality, we have to be present to God. Sure. But, but that doesn't always come out of our own lips. You know what I mean? Like, authenticity can look like, you know, the way we brush our teeth every day is probably the same. And so I think of habit and discipline as being a really kind of a much, much more important role in personal discipleship. And I think especially for leaders who are given to their own artistry, I think the the discipline that you don't want to do is probably the discipline that you need to do. Yeah. Because otherwise you're constantly inventing God. Yeah. And I think I think it's really really important for creatives to love a god that they didn't make up. Hmm. And so to do that, I think we have to be rooted in other people's perspectives on God. Yeah, that's some deep stuff. I've, I've got like three guys I've got to pass this on to once the episode comes out. That's great. I was like, that's that's the answer I've been looking for. Um, so 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 speaking of hearing. Uh, other people's perspectives on God. Like what, what are you reading now? You sound like you're probably well-versed in, you know, some cool stuff. Yeah. I read a lot of stuff. I'm a big fan of N.T. Wright and yeah. always go, ba- I always go back and read Dallas Willard. And, uh, in the middle of a, I've in the middle of a collection of GK Chesterton essays that I yeah. love. Um, and, uh, James K. A. Smith is really interesting. If you've never read anything by him, it's a bit heady sure. and he's trying, he's trying to write popular work, but it's not all that, popular in its approach um he's he's an academic at at heart but um it's it's really really great he definitely has a slant like he's a bit of a traditionalist in a way that i'm not but um it's it's good good stuff i'm look i'm real nerdy like i could probably talk about (laughs) books that i'm reading all day long sure but but it's it's for me i think the important thing even if it's piecemeal you know is to be challenging yourself Yep. Um, and so I, it's not, I'm sometimes reading leadership books and business books and random science journals. Like I just kind of love everything. Sure. So, um, but yeah, I mean, spiritually speaking, I think you're right. It is kind of annoying to say, Oh, go back and read your Bible every day, you yeah. know? But at the end of the day, there's a degree of truth to it. The question is, how are you reading your Bible? Yeah. Why are you reading your Bible? You know, am I, and there was a season in my life and it was during the city of probably where I was so busy 
that the only time that I really dedicated to spiritual disciplines was when I knew I had worship songs to write for the next record. Yeah. Which was like, that's kind of screwed up. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I, got, I, I had turned God into a different sort of sky genie. Right. You know, and in the last, I'd say the last two years especially has really been for me like just an incredible season. Of, and, and in part, it was just discipline. It was going like, enough is enough. I'm just going to do it. It's it's so uncomplicated, which is boring. Sure. But but at the end of the day, it's the truth for me anyway. Was waking up at five in the morning and spending that time. It started with I think it was Lent in 2015. I think. Okay. Was like I'm gonna I'm for Lent. I'm gonna do this thing. I'm gonna add this practice every day. I'm gonna do like a, a centering prayer and a liturgy. Go through the Book of Common Prayer, read the passages, and then spend a lot of time with praying and listening. And I did that for 20 to 30 minutes a day for all of Lent. Yeah. And then I've, I've continued to practice like that sure. ever since. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for me, the structure helped me set a tangible goal um, as compared to trying to just, you know, do my thing. Sure. Was there uh, an aha moment in that or did it just feel like a discipline? Like, obviously, it's, it's taken, like the, you've formed a habit in that. But like, maybe speak to the beginning of that where... You know, I'm going to guess your first time didn't feel like some kind of amazing experience at that very moment. Well, the first time did. The fifth oh, time okay. didn't. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it, well, because it's like, we, we so love, especially worship leaders, we love the moment. We love the realness of the moment. Yeah. We love new things. We love fresh things, right? Sure. And yeah. so we're so in love with those that we forget that it's when things are boring that they're probably working. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, you see a movie and you're impacted by the moment, but the things that shape our habits and our behaviors, like discipleship at the end of the day, isn't just about my emotional reality. It's not about whether I feel it. It's about how do I behave as a result of this thing? In what way has the Spirit of God or the way of the gospel, in what way has it shaped how I actually live and the decisions I make and my instincts when I'm given the opportunity to make a decision? Yeah. And those things are shaped by the boring bits. That's good. <laughs> How, um, I mean, our, our, we have a Facebook community of a few thousand worship leaders, and, and what we try to do is pray for everybody that uh, we do podcast interviews with. How can yeah. we? How can we specifically be praying for you, praying for, you know, everybody from the city? I mean, obviously there's been some stuff we've touched on, but are there any, you know, any real pressing needs you feel like, yeah, if you guys could come alongside and prayer for that. We'd love to. Yeah. I mean, well, like we've made this record, this benediction live album, which is kind of like our first live worship album. Sure. It's our first independent album. Um, it, it's, I, I'm loving it in part because it's so exciting to hear these songs that we always imagined were worship songs being sung by people in worship. Yeah. It's brings them to life in a huge way for me. Um, but you know, live, you never get to really hear. And so now that I hear it mixed back, it's like, yeah, that was it. Right. Um, so that's exciting, and, and, and so there's sort of a lot of risk involved in that, which is scary, but we're doing it anyway because we feel like it's the right thing to do. Sure. Um, out of that, we're all doing church thing and family things, so we're all in kind of good seasons in a lot of ways there. Um, I know Aaron and I are both working on um, new music that we'll be releasing later on. Yeah. Um, sort of for me, it's uh, I'm working on new worship songs that are going to come out later this year. I know Aaron's working on a rock record. Um, and yeah, I mean, Josh is, uh, involved in leadership at his church and kind of into a new phase of life. I know he's kind of getting out of the music world, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
in a lot of ways, it's such a big shift to go from like, we were touring so, so heavy. Like for two, three years almost, we were playing between 100 and 150 shows a year, yeah. which meant we were on the road 200 days a year. Sure. Wow. To go from that routine um, to being home most of the time, um, we're a lot of the way into that transition, but it's a, it's a transition, you yeah. know? So certainly praying for healthy families and, and realistic expectations and that everybody can do what we're going to do, that'd be, they'd be incredible. Yeah. Most importantly, I, I know Eric is his church plant is going um, and, and is starting and that's in Hamilton, which is going great and mine in Nashville. And so certainly prayers for that and some of the leaders that we're working on raising up. I know Eric's in a pastoral role. I'm in sort of a worship pastoral role. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, it this, I think for now, the best way to put it would be to like, we're in a really healthy place. We ended this that's band great. intentionally in a really healthy place yeah. as friends. And I think, um, that there will come a time I expect when we'll all, the grass is always greener where we'll sit there and say, Oh man, what if, what if this, what if that? And I think just the prayer that we would continue to pursue success as defined by the kingdom of God, sure. um, rather than simply taking for granted that success looks like X or Y. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that would be the big one I think for me. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode. As always, head on over to thechurchcollective.com, hit that contact button. We would love to connect with you and connect you with others. God bless you today.